shit in this King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock it's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all-stars before February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced from Yes, sir, BTG Nation It's been like a good two weeks, baby we're back in action. The last part, though, we left y'all with a tons of gems. I hope you went back and watched that a few times because, you know, our leadership talk was was serious. But here we are back, back at home, you know, episode six. Yo, coach, holiday season on top of that. I like how you said back at home. Yeah. I got like a 30-minute drive after this. Yeah, we are. It's going to be beautiful. Gonna the be weather. Right. The weather is not. You can drop the top on the whip. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't uh, no. I'm not gonna let you slide by with this. You tried to play me today too. What you talking about? You talking about you know what I'm saying the Mitsubishi. <laughs> you, thought, you thought you know what I'm saying? I be listening. I be in the back. We got it. When, when you're taking the lead at practice. I, I sit there and listen. I soak in everything. I'm like, I'm like this smart ass. They were, you know, you, what you told me. You got to always find a way to relate to the to the new age group, right? But don't try to play me. <laughs> no, that's a, that's us. That's a representation of of the brand of the company. You know, we starting it from the ground up. At, at least it's the red joint, full trim. Shut up. Man. <laughs> now I still can't believe they came to us. It was like, yeah, Mitsubishi. This is this is popular brand. Popular brand. People love the wing on the I, back. I'm not even sweating the the, the brand because it is a decent car. Yeah, man. that car saved our lives in a bad car accident. That first. Yeah. Year. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But that's your red color, man. That's your red. And some people are probably looking at us like, what you mean? Like, uh, me personally, with vehicles, I, I like a good black. You know what I'm saying? White is clean too, because you can't really see too much dust on that. But now I also like a, a, a color grayish type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, need but, some, some space too. Yeah, right? yeah. But I'm, I'm not with the experimenting with colors on the whips. I think that's childish. I'm just saying, you know the situation where yeah. I had no choice but to get. No, there. no, I'm, I'm with saying, you. Just don't try to play me though with that. No, man, it's, it's love, man. We cool. No, I, not love, yeah, I see how emotional he's getting over here, man. I'm not emotional. <laughs> I'm just giving you the facts. Like, don't try to play me. Jupac on his way. That ain't funny. <laughs> Illy, what's up, man? He, Look, he no, knows just no, a listen, funny joke with some of the boys about the car. Oh you know what man. Saying? Next time they need a ride, tell them to put them out on Sheikh Zayed, let them walk on. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Hey, you know, it is not pedestrian friendly out here. <laughs> BTG Nation, what's up, man? You guys know we're talking about Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, our our, our project, that our baby that is growing, yo. You know, we're almost at 1,100 followers on Instagram. We Kids, I think we're at almost, we're nearing 200 right there. And so we're growing quick. Um we're watching kids grow. <laughs> you know, kids that came to us at seven are turning ten. Yeah, for you sure. know, so they came growing up. thirteen are turning sixteen and fifteen. So that's a blessing, and it's amazing to watch. Um, parents are becoming friends. <laughs> 
you know, so that's a community is developing. So that's all fun. Um, we're all growing too. It's an interesting time in the Middle East, though. We're in a different space. You know, we got kids. We got one kid that missed class today because he flew to the World Cup game and then flew back home the same day because <laughs> it's only a 45-minute flight to Qatar. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about what that you know there's a netflix series on the fifa corruptness yeah i saw that yeah i watched i watched i mean it. i saw some of it I didn't see the yeah movie. i watched it it's kind of crazy just to see you know what's on the back end but we knew because football is on the, is the biggest sport in the world and yeah. it had to be a lot going on in terms of politics but to be here and watch kind of the world cup's impact and for us potentially have something happening in qatar um, a, a Qatar, a Qatar. I, think, I believe that's it was a, it. man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, every yeah. time I speak to somebody different, I say it wrong. So I just yeah, I'm just, trying. We Americans, so hey, I we just go. I just go back to what I know. At least we try. Yeah, we try. Yeah. <laughs> but but just talk about you know you speak with some people over there often. Um, talk about what you are hearing about that impact and and what it's like there. Well, I mean, first of all, just by having the World Cup alone is something monumental, man. Like, especially in the Middle East. You know what I'm saying? And um, knowing that the different types of people that are going to be coming from all over the world in one spot mm -hmm. and knowing the different uh, traditions that some countries have, uh, drinking for one, yeah. you know, just being a little more relaxed on certain rules, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's groundbreaking for Qatar. That's going to open up so many different um, avenues for people to say, you know what, that's a place that I could possibly go to visit, mm -hmm. possibly live, because the perception of the Middle East, you know, in other countries, especially Western countries, Wrong. is is completely off base compared to what we've been experiencing here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so this is gonna open a lot of eyes and um, you know, for other places around the world where people say, Oh man, that's they got a lot of stuff going on there and um and you know, Qatar is building every day and um it's gonna be, you know, Kind of like Dubai at some point, man. And it's, cause it's just a bit smaller though, yep. right? So it'll be different, but the money is definitely there. Money's there. Yeah. So <laughs> the, what's interesting for me is, um, you know, to an extent, you and I both we pay attention to news, right? Yep. Politics and things. We haven't been um, as abreast on things lately because you know we got things that are occupied and work. 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 And on top of that, too, the news cycle is different here. Right. You know, at the crib. At 24 hours a day yeah. the bad the ugly and the worst <laughs> like you see all of those different type of things so the news here in a refreshing way it doesn't occupy your mind um of course we do know when there are some threats there aren't many right but we do know of them but it's been interesting to watch how the western world and other europeans have been reacting to qatar right and how they've kind of stood fast on or stood their ground on their morals and what they believe while still inviting everybody to be who they are, but in a respectful way, right? right? And I'm sitting here watching people that are upset that, hey, now you can't drink at the stadium, which is a 90-minute game, but hey, we'll have designated places for you to drink around and, and, and do your thing. Um, or, you know, being upset that, hey, you're allowed to be who you are, but if you are, you know, LBGTQ, just respect what we say is the, the law of the land, right? Be who you are, or you're not going to be in jail, you're not going to be anything, but just respect what we say. And it's backlash to there, and, you know, people bring up this and that. And we've been in Dubai, 
right, in Abu Dhabi, in the UAE, to where some things have adjusted for us. And when we look at it, we're like, man, we always think in crisis management, yeah. risk assessment. Do you know how many lives are probably being saved <laughs> by not allowing alcohol in the stadium at that moment Listen. <laughs> with with people who are grown, emotionally feel crazy all over the place? Like This this goes back to the argument that we had. And I, I think you probably say now um, I was right. Yeah. There's no way that we say the NBA mm-hmm. would be bigger than yeah. soccer in the world, yeah. football around the mm-hmm. world. It just won't be because mm-hmm. it's. It's, it's national pride. Mm-hmm. And so you if they were allowing alcohol yep. in that arena, mm-hmm. that I mean the stadium, sorry, um, let's just say they may have to cancel this thing. Man, and you talk about places, other other locations like the Philadelphia State or where the Eagles play, they got a jail inside the stadium because <laughs> they got to account for those things. You right. think alcohol don't directly go there? Like you are a grown adult. Yeah. You should be able to show some discipline for a little bit. Have some fun without going crazy because it's risk management. Yeah, yeah. We don't have the necessary forces to take care of all this. Right. And if you if we got to take care of it the way we take care of things, yeah. you ain't going to like that. Right. So just wait (laughs) just wait because it's still gonna be beautiful right and like you know in dubai we can't do things um the way we normally do them in america but hell the way we do things in america ain't all the way right Right, right. (laughs) in england too like the way we do things don't make all that sense because we used to it don't make it right man anytime you you live somewhere different or you visit somewhere different you just have to abide by the rules and and most times if it's somewhere that people um, go often. Mm-hmm. That means the rules aren't that bad. Yeah, yeah, and and we're we're a different territory. Like the lay of the land in the Middle East, like it's a monarchy. So you you are essentially walking into somebody's home, right? Right. These are families whose tribes who's been here on this actual lay of land for decades, centuries, type thing right. that go back. So we're walking into their home. You don't walk into my home and just start helping yourself to stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a respect stuff wherever we go, right? right? And then they are the most hospitable people I think I've ever met when it comes to the, the Arabs and um, in this part of the world. So it's it's been interesting watching the media try to paint an interesting picture over there. I, I love the Middle East. Well, you know, the me- the certain types of media that are trying to paint a negative picture, you know, those are from uh, countries that are upset they didn't get the World Cup. <laughs> so, and, you know what I'm saying? Because they're competing. But, and, you know, it was supposed to be the U.S. And most likely, I think it'll be us next, the U.S. next Where time. the U.S.? We said it was going to be between, it's going to be North America, right? I think it was U.S. and Mexico together. Yeah. So the bid, the bid, they, on the FIFA thing, they said the best bid, the best offer that was given was from America. But Qatar came in because, you know, they got that one point. They, it's a crazy story. You got to watch. They, they 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 offered the mills in cash to people to get some votes. <laughs> like 1.5 to you, 1.5 to you. Let's get it. <laughs> and then, you know, they built an entire infrastructure for that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I watch people talk about the slave labor and all of those things that, uh, they talk about it here with America, I mean, with Dubai. And I, I watch people, I remember somebody asked me when I first got here, how does it feel to live on land built by human slave labor? And I'm like, yo, you know, you're talking to a black. <laughs> African-American <laughs> in the U.S. Like, you you know, you talk about, right. like, like we, we talking about, we fighting for reparations. Right. Everybody that we've seen has been workers. 
they always say, and that's that's domestic, that's those people that are doing skilled jobs or they're driving. They always talk about how being here allows them to build big time spaces at home. Right. I mean, we, we hear it all the time. You know, people we work with that make less than we do in our U.S. money, but at home is crazy. They're like, yeah, I just built a five-bedroom house back home. Right? There are labor laws, just like anywhere else. There are labor laws, but and there are people who do work outside of them, but that's not a reflection of the government. Because once you do something wrong, they get you. Yeah. Yeah. They get you. And, and you know, and just to put it in perspective, man, you know, I, I look back and just say, is everything perfect? No. And that's in, that's in any country around the world. And, um, you know, when people start throwing the word slave labor around, you know, you think about, you know, some of the things that have gone on in other places, you know, yeah. this is far worse. <sighs> I mean, those, those places are far worse. So, you know, so I think it's it's a... It's a balance that you have to have. It's gonna be. It's always gonna be some good. It's always gonna be some bad, you know. And and if you have a choice, then you know there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to make your situation better. But if you don't have a choice, then that that's when people have you know a real gripe. Yeah. Or, you know. And it goes deep to to like. It's hard to make money. Yeah. You you talk about people who I just saw something um, on the Dubai news thing about how much graduates from colleges in Dubai are expecting to earn, and they in their first job they're expecting to earn twenty thousand dirhams, mm. right? <laughs> this was their well, first I mean, job right out of college. Yeah, but that's like that's like, that's like getting, the states, right? It's like getting a bachelor's degree in the states. Like, yeah. That doesn't guarantee you that you're going to have um, uh, a six figure job coming. No, it just means you can get a job, right? And you get that job, build experience, and and you keep moving up the ladder. But if if you don't have that minimum bachelor's degree, then you know you, the chances of you getting a job are slim, just because you know certain types of jobs are phasing out now. Mm-hmm. You know to you know do the modernization and things like that. So, and then mentioning that. Right. When you bring in, you talk about people in countries like India who are overpopulated, right? Places that got a lot of people, not a lot of opportunities. And those opportunities also mean you don't have opportunities for schooling. You don't have opportunities to grow your education, to build an experience for anything. So you're looking at it like, hey, this is slave labor or whatever, human rights laws, issues, whatever it may be. But like, how else will these people earn a living? without proper education, right? Without real skill building, you know, all those different things. Like what else would they be able to do if they are in a situation to where it's like, huh, we're gonna teach you how to lay down plumbing. We're gonna teach you how to do this, this, and this, and then you'll be able to share it back because it's hard enough if you got a college education. (laughs) So if you don't have anything and you're just in a place like, yo, I need something like, you know, what? You know, who looks at it like that sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, now we move into, uh, you know, we kept, kept some things quiet a little bit. You know, life life been changing. Um, We found out that, uh, we found out a little while ago, but we just made the announcement recently that you know, I, I'm I'm expecting, it sounds crazy right now. I'm kind of nervous to say it on TV. <laughs> like, like is, this is real? Is this real? But my wife and I, we are pregnant. Your wife is 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 eighteen weeks pregnant right now. So we out of that first trimester and everybody said, you know, be careful of uh, you know, the first couple. So we here. You know, we're gonna be uncle, man. You know? Huh. Yeah, man, you're gonna be uncle. So how you- Let me see. Yeah, um 
I'm already Uncle Juve to man. too many kids right now, man. Shit, they got serious. <laughs> Shit, they got real serious, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't. I think, um, man, like, I, how? What is that, right? Like, one. I mean, I don't even know how. To, I don't even know what to, what to say. How to go through with that? Like, you, it's still, it's still, it's still, it's still crazy to think about. Like that child is coming. It's gonna be mine. It's gonna be my responsibility. Blah 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 blah. blah. But then it's like it's forever. Cause my mom keep reminding me, she you know we we talking to her. My mom being great, and she like yo, don't worry, you got time to figure it out. You got a child forever, yep, forever. <laughs> you know you can always uh, call a little bro. <laughs> yeah, a little, but, little bro can help you out. Yeah, he try to figure it out too. He try to figure it out too. But it, it's crazy, in particular being in um, where we are, what we do. Working directly with the youth often, and then working with their parents, and then hearing, yeah. and then seeing, and then being like a part of the village for them. But like preparing to raise a child, I don't even know. You know, with men and women, it's two different reactions. <laughs> sure. My wife, she done thought about every type of stroller, every type of uh, diaper change thing, every type of safe thing that got to be put on this and that, this and that. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about life insurance, yeah. school, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, this, this and that. But it's dope to, to have that in the space. But, you know... <laughs> How would you how would you view parenting, right? Because I know it's different from you. Most people don't know. Like, oh, geez, like, should I just adopt somebody? I ain't <laughs> going up for this. But how, what's your eyes on the parenthood? Man, I, I mean, I feel like I've already raised, yeah. helped raise yeah, 60, 70 kids already. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's something that I, I've thought about a few times. Um, and I'd like to be a parent one day, but you know, it's gotta be the right time. You know, I don't feel like it's the right time. And like you said, I can always adopt, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you wanna, you know, if you think about it, um, of course the joy of having your own flesh and blood is it's different. It's yeah. something that you can't, you know, you can never, um, you know, imitate, but, you know, but again, you're also, um, in, a, in terms of adoption, you're also, you know, you're giving somebody an opportunity that had no chance in hell. Yeah, you know what I mean, so you know, yeah. you can always still be, you know, change somebody's life and be impactful. But you know, you should be just happy, man, and just you know what? Don't stress so much. Just take care of things as they come. Yeah. No, there isn't one parent, one family in the world that have raised their first child that was perfect. Yeah, you know, that were experts at everybody, trial and error. Yeah, you know? for sure. And we and we definitely, you know, I think that's the beauty of uh, of of the work. And, and being with teens and, and around things, but like you see the insides of a lot of situations that you would think look perfect and just remind you like, yo, we all human. We all get the same thing. The one thing that I know is going to help me, right, is knowing that there's going to be a point where he he or she just ain't going to listen to me, right? <laughs> but I don't have to take it personal, right? Because one, I knew there was a certain time where I wasn't really trying to hear what my mom said. But when I got to like 21, 22, the conversations were different. It was always like, you know what, Ma, you was right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just the beauty. She just made sure she stayed consistent with the, right. the message, even when I wasn't trying to hear it, right? Because we hear that same thing right now. 
to this day. It's like, yo, can you talk to this? <laughs> can you just get through this person's head? Like, you just I mean, you get tone deaf. I mean, you hear it yeah. so often. You just like start to block stuff out. Yeah. And we all went through that. You know, you hear from somebody else. You're like, dang, that's profound. No, it's not profound. You're, you know what I'm saying? Your mom is saying it every day since, you know, since you was born. You just, you just yeah. you know, zoning it out. So, you know, we all are, we all have our, you know, you know, you know the aspects of growing up, man. Being a teenager. Well, now, what what would you say you've learned from kids about about raising kids or, or raising from you know that day that you get? Because um, I already know you're gonna be like like a major pain type. Like, yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. Like this, all like I'm just letting people know now. Like all this stuff that y'all want parents to do now, I ain't no. My kid is being raised the way I was raised. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can attest to that too. I've actually had we, we, me and the wife, we've had talks, and I was like, "Look, it's just certain things, especially if we have a boy, especially if we have a boy, right? It's just certain things that if I do it, you just gotta trust it because it's, it's I feel like you gotta, you gotta lay the lay the law early with certain things, and you gotta nip things out the bud real quick." Because if not, they become habits. And then those habits become harder and harder to break. And as you said, you get more comfortable at home. You don't listen to certain things. Like, it's just certain things that I'm just not going to tolerate. And I'm not I'm not from the era of, you know, this is just a different generation of yeah, kids. You got to yeah. take, like, you, you do got to do certain things different, right? Yeah. But the foundational stuff, that's going to all be the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be all be the same. We're gonna be tightened up. Like we're gonna communicate better than the generation before. Yes. I'm gonna tell you things and we're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna hear each other out for stuff to an extent. But when it's when it's when I say that's that, yeah. I'm just telling you shit. Like it, it, I ain't even got no I ain't reading no books. I'm just going by what I was listen, whatever I say goes in my house. That's just straight up. That's just, in my house, my car, every anything that's in my property, yeah, you're gonna do what I say, and I'm not gonna ask you twice. Yeah, I don't like repeating myself now. <laughs> I'm not reading no book. Yeah, not, not. I don't want to see no YouTube. None of that. <laughs> I want to see. Nah. I was matter of fact, my wife just sent me that so some from YouTube. Yeah, none of that. Like, stop. I'm, I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna see what it got to say. But nine times out of ten, or whatever they saying, it's something that I was like, yeah, cool. And yeah. I agree. That worked for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be looking at a cat that's gonna be like ten years old. He's gonna be like six three. Mm-hmm. Man, no, I gotta yeah. talk to them differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I gotta, no, he yeah. gotta set a tone early. Absolutely. Listen, absolutely. I know you're becoming a teenager, you know, you're 14, 15, 16, you're feeling yourself, smelling yourself, but listen, Man. keep all that outside. Man, keep and outside. everything so basketball related. You talk about building a culture <laughs> and and a culture within um, basketball so that it can get passed down. You know, I just saw a press conference with Tom Izzo, and you know, Tom Izzo he got the same emotion and care today that he that he did fifteen years ago, right? And you can tell that those Michigan State guys they just built different. They're just a different family. They play different. They 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 love each other. They do all these things different carry themselves different it's gonna be the same thing with family yeah. like you know managing different personalities all that stuff is cool but for me family is important 
You know what I'm saying? Like the, the the stuff that you do, legacy, culture, all those things, they got to be set so it gets passed down. Like, you know, people talk about, you know, losing this, losing that. I think that's all coming from not understanding what really, really matters. Like respect is non-negotiable. Honesty, non-negotiable, right? Like those type of things, once you can get that understood and well-established, everything else is like, you know, Little little things, little small fire. Yeah, I mean, just man, this new age of I want my my son or my daughter to be my friend. Nope. Yeah, yeah, you're not my friend. You're my child. You know and, when you become when you become 24, 25, yeah, we can talk about things, we can hang out, mm -hmm. but you're still my son. You're still my daughter. Forever, like I said, forever. You're not, you're not my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that and that creeps over into professional life. Yeah. Sports, we see it now with the way they're reacting and responding to discipline. Yep, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like with with the rate, with the way they react to things not going their way, losing, and all those other different things. Like it's different, you know. But but that leads me. We haven't talked basketball in a while. Well, one, um, alhamdulillah, we're thankful. We're thankful for being chosen to have. Um, a, a child because we weren't sure, you know, we we didn't know. You know what's crazy is, you know, I try to plan out everything. I was telling my wife, look, just let me get through the year first. <laughs> let me get through the I year. I know, that's what you told me. me. I was like, trying to get, I had planned it all out. And what's crazy is I sat with Illy and, um, and AK uh, probably, what was it, Illy, like September at a cafe. And I told him, I was like, look, I got 12 months to figure some things out. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do it. And we just going to go hard. What I told them was, is, but now between now and next September, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm 100% sure that something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, right? And what's, what's different between me at 30 and me at 15, 16, 17, 18, to 22, is that when I plan for something and a, a fork and roll comes, I'm prepared for it. I don't look at it like, damn, why me? It's like, all right, cool. I just gotta make a reverse here. You know what I'm saying? There's a little reroute right here. It's it's different. You come with a different toolbox, right? Because something is gonna happen. You just know for sure something's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, like I said, you told me twelve months. <laughs> Listen, I was trying, right? It was true, trying twelve months. But everything is like you know something's gonna happen. So even when we found out, this is a story for you. Right, this is a story for you, my dog. <laughs> we went to the doctor, right? We went to the doctor. I think it might have been in September or something like that, early October, because she was she was she was just feeling sick, and she was like, "Yo, I don't know what's going on." And so we go to the doctor, and you know the lady checking. She was like, "You know, she thought y'all trying to get pregnant." I was like, "Nah." <laughs> she, <laughs> she was always like, "Nah, nah, nah." So she was like, "I think you guys may be pregnant." I was like, "What?" And this time we were still wearing masks. And so under the mask, I'm damn near about to faint. <laughs> Mouth going crazy, jittery, you know what I'm saying? But I'm holding my composure because I don't want my wife, I know she about to tear up because it's right. like right here. All right. So she's like, yeah, y'all, I think y'all are pregnant, but we're going to come back in a week and we're going to check, right? So we come back into the week. She's like, yep, it's pregnant, right? You want to know what the first question this doctor has? What? Right? And it, man, listen, I, she said, all right, so are you guys cousins? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? She said, I said, what? She's like, no, I got to ask here. It's a common question in this part of the world. I said, I said, cousins? 
I said, oh, that's, that's, that shit real? <laughs> moving on. Moving on to the next time. Bro, no, King Nod. Like, I'm serious. I was, yeah. we was in there, I was in there lost. I said, I said, cousin, do we look like we cousin? Yes. She was like, no, that's a real question. Yeah. She said, doctor, doctor, like, nah, listen, you, you think I'm playing, but I really got to ask. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's move on, man. I don't, that stuff makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> we gonna go, we gonna go. But look, NBA update, right? And just to start this NBA update, I wanna I wanna give a message out. You know, um, I haven't been able to talk. I haven't talked about my dog in, in, in a while, but I, I want to give a message out, and I think you'll appreciate this, King. And that's why, like, when people use the Mamba mentality, you guys don't do that. You're not hit. Like, don't, don't say that. Like, don't even say that. Like, don't. Nobody should be allowed to say that. I'm sorry. Like, I knew that guy. Yeah, he was big, man. There's nobody. There is nobody. There's no. I'm we the Mamba mentality. No, you're not. This guy was like, we were out one of one. Listen, we were on the I mean, track before the sun came up, yeah, running, and then you, in the weight room, lifting weights so hard that I felt like I couldn't even yeah. shoot. Coach, like, what's well, time to go shoot? I was like. Motherfucker, I can't even lift my arms right yeah. now. But this, like you said, it's an everyday Every, thing. Every, like him. his, it was don't, sick. like when people say that, it bothers, and I'm like, look, I don't pretend like I do that, but I'm like, you don't get to say that. Right. I'm glad. Like, don't somebody throw, said that's that. not a throwaway line. Right. Like, this guy Mamba was like, that's done with different. him. I'm sorry, but that went with him. Yes. Now, shout out to uh, St Stephen Jack and Matt Barnes and all the smoke. That's the GM for the Warriors, Bob Myers. Okay. Right? And so that's, so that's how I want to start out the NBA segment today. <laughs> you got any, any reflections on that, big dog? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he said it because there's too many cats out here. Just because Kobe, you know, uh, you know, gave you a few words of wisdom or you looked up to him, you ain't Mamba. You ain't the mom, but like, stop throwing that out there. Like, Come on, man. And everybody's saying everybody, it. Everybody, yeah. You, know, yeah. you have a big night getting 30 points, whatever. You ain't the mom. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that makes, you know, uh, that's the one thing that makes those guys at the top so great because they got something that you just won't be able to reach. Yep. Like, there's certain things about Mike that nobody will ever be able to duplicate. Well, and same thing with Kobe, Braun, you know, Shaq. But the thing is, the sad part, there are things that, you can do to get up there with those guys if you have certain attributes, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the work ethic like Kobe, how are you gonna be Kobe? Man. Hey, come on, like Man. you could you could be athletic, but if you ain't got the work ethic, you ain't you can never be Kobe. And and that's the and that's the that's the number one thing that makes MJ, Kobe, all those guys completely different is the work. Yep. And and Gilbert just talked about that, about how most of those professional athletes aren't disciplined enough. Yep. They don't understand that outside of practice, you got to put yourself on a workout schedule as well. You're talking about coming 10, 15 minutes before practice, then 10, 15 minutes after. That don't work in the NBA. Right. You are a professional. So you got to work. You got to put in that professional hours. And you're talking about your body, your mind, your skill, everything. You got to work. And you got to put that schedule together yourself. Right, right. Yeah, it can't. It's, you know, I, I guess everybody thinks that, you know, you do you do your two hours of practice. You know, you do your hour of treatment. after. That's not, that's not what these dudes are talking about. Man. You know, even Gilbert. You know, Gilbert was playing for the Wizards. And, you know, um, you know we all would work out down at the Verizon Center like, this dude was in the gym. Yeah, you know, he worked like he was a professional scorer, mm -hmm. and he worked on that. You know what I'm saying? And there was, you could take away certain parts of his game, he's still gonna get buckets yeah. because he worked so hard. So, um, you know, these guys now, but again, 
it's a different era. Man, we'll talk about that too, though. We're going to get to that. So NBA update, you know. We are real basketball people, right? We're not going to hold it. And so we know the NBA, the time to really take serious look at teams is around December, January. Yeah. Right? Because that's when people start getting into the flow, mainly the, the role players, um, people getting back from injuries and all types of things like that. And so – I will going to start this off with um, the Clippers and and specifically Kawhi Leonard because you and I have been adamant about certain players getting certain type of acknowledgement and praise right. to begin um, seasons or begin their careers and you know while they are deserving of respect you know Kawhi is an outstanding player you know he's been one of the best two way players that we've seen in a long while. But, you know, there were moments when people were saying Kawhi was like top five, top three, you know, Jordan-esque, <laughs> all all those types of things. You know, you know, they throw that marble mentality thing out there. <laughs> and and for us, we were just, we were always like, look, he's good, but but let's not ignore the situation he yeah. came into. Yeah. He's, he's real good. He's but, good, real good. But you're not on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's it's a long it's a long list of things, and like I said, I I'm of the one who who would say that you know Paul George is better, right? He's a better player attribution thing. It's just a mentality shift. Maybe him being you know care he really carried his own team, right? In Indiana, in, in Indiana. Right. so expectations are, di- are different. Um, but but what's the the truth on Kawhi? Because I watched the game the other night. You know, he only had like eight points. I you mean, know, I, I haven't to. watched. I haven't watched him play. What, I mean, is he is he healthy? I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know. You know how I feel about health, right? You know, I'm a Kobe I mean, guy. Yeah. If you, you step know, on and, the court, you ready to play, play? You know, and then at sometimes when you're supposed to be, this is another thing where we said like he's not box office, right? Nobody's coming to the game to watch Kawhi Leonard play, right? Like, because you're not gonna see anything special. That's no disrespect to his game, but NBA is entertainment too. Right. right, we do show up and get tickets and, t- and jerseys for certain ple- people, right. but he on the court, right? Mm-hmm. Just like that's like we say for AD, right? We get tired of hearing excuses about AD, AD's injuries, but Kawhi Kawhi might have played like eighty games in the last five years or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite a while since he played a full season, uh, even you know even sixty sixty five games. Yeah, something something must be really up with him or. It's something mental where mm-hmm. he won't allow himself to to go hard if unless he's one hundred percent. Now there, you know, of course, there's been speculation that he, you know that's just his nature. He's always been a guy that if he's hurt slightly, he's not playing. You know, and so that could be true. And that's trash too, right? I don't like him, but I, I mean, I think mm. now, yeah, yeah, no, it's no question. If that is the case, that's trash because. Yeah. You get paid to play, yep. and you're a professional, yep. and uh, and you're supposed to be one of the top professionals. People, you know, you say he's not box office, but when you combine him on a team with Paul George, and you know, you got Ty Lue coaching and, and yeah. for the Clippers, yeah, people are coming to see you play because they want to see the team win. Yeah, so you got to perform. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. you, if you're not going to perform, man, you know, give the money back. Yeah. I- I just, I just think that you know, there's a clear difference between players, right? And we got to start including that in totality, professionalism as well. You come from that era where MJ was going to show up every night, 
He he knew that he had he to might put hang on. out all night. Yeah, but he was there. But he'll show up the next day. He was day. there, right? You hear Kobe talk about the fact that hey, the, the my game this night, even though it may be thirty five and maybe a back to back, there's a kid who saved up to get that nosebleed seat, and it may be the first and last time he ever sees me play. Yep. Right. You know, Shaq told the story in his documentary. He got a documentary out, docuseries, about how him and the Sarge, his stepfather, took him to a game in Atlanta. You know, he always talk about that white dude, that big dude that he watched play. He was like, yo, if he getting 15 mil. Contact. Yeah, contact. Right. If he getting 15, then I can get at least seven. Right. But he was at a, it was at the nosebleeds watching that game. Right. That changes everything. So, um, he talked about watching Dr. J that changed. And so when you are at that space, and you're getting paid millions of dollars and you're not playing and you've been sitting down for for years trying to get it together, you know, I got to start to question that. That's a that's a, a kink in your armor. Just like we talk about people say Kobe was selfish. You know, we give LeBron his flack for not being here in the fourth quarter against the Mavericks or going here or going there. They were available, though. Yeah, they every, gave you the they gave yeah. you the ammo for that. Everybody that's been considered one of the top players at their positions or in the game period have had their critics. But for some reason, Kawhi is all, because he's, here's the, here's the reason, right? Because he's quiet mm-hmm. and keeps to himself. Yeah. So people wanna, people wanna protect him. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. If, you, if you're not available to play, it's a reason. Either you're actually hurt mm-hmm. or you're, you know, you're a little soft. Yeah. Like I said, like like you know, they talk about this Kyrie, right? Talk about his availability and all these different things. I mean, I, Tyree, Kyrie got one of the greatest shots in NBA Finals history, right? Right? He showed up in, in those moments, but, right? But, but then somebody listen, you know, there's a million people behind the keyboard is going to counter that and say, "Well, Kawhi got one too, where he put Philly away." You know what I'm saying? Eastern Conference Finals. Right? I'm just saying, but yeah. he, but he went on to win it, you yeah. know, and so the people. I yeah. I know it wasn't the finals, but people are gonna say they're gonna yeah. bring that up. So yeah. you know, Kyrie himself too. He's he had issues with being healthy. You know um, that, is, but that that affects his now. That's box office. That's you know, arguably the best finisher under the rim that we've seen. Right, either hand, like the best handle we've ever seen. Like some of those things are almost definitive type things, right? But his legacy on the court is questioned. You know, off the court things, whatever. But when we just talk basketball, we just talk basketball. You know, Kawhi, I think he left some things unseen. You know, we <laughs> we hear people talk about KD got so much to prove when he goes to Brooklyn or whatever. The real person who got a lot to prove is Kawhi in L.A. and the Clippers, right? That whole thing. So, you know, I think that's something we definitely got to watch. You know, we talk about new king in town. That's a skip, you know. Oh, that, they put that commercial. Oh man, they put you, that away quick. You got to, you got to stand by that. You can't, <laughs> yeah. So let's look at this NBA standings, though. Uh, new Balance, and we do have a young lady who's rocking the newbies too. And the Kawhis, Ava, she's rocking the, the those those, are, those Kawhis, those yeah, yeah. And so okay, if, if we looking at if we, if, if I'm looking at the standings right now, right. Shout out to Boston for playing through uh, turmoil. <laughs> 15 and four. You know, we got to keep Jason Tatum on that MVP watch. Um, the Bucks 13 and five. You know, y'all honest and them doing what they do. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 12 and seven. The Pacers, that's the one. 11 and seven and fourth in the East. Mm. 
Right, right. Winning games. Tyrese Halliburton doing his thing. You know, Rick Carlisle's there. Oh, so they're going to yeah, play good yeah, basketball. Yeah, they're going to play good basketball. Uh, Buddy Hills and those guys playing well. The Hawks at 11 and 8. Um, that's an interesting crew right now, too. They got a different sauce going around. You know, and Murray and Trey Young, they're starting to become what people are saying, the annoying backcourt. Mm-hmm. They they talking a lot of trash. I watched the other night, they playing the Rockets, and Murray hit a shot and then smacked somebody in the back of the head after he hit it. <laughs> like, he had the follow through, came down. They ended up losing to the Rockets, too. Mm-hmm. But they, they yapping. Um, I think they, they're a trade away. They got to make a move. Yeah, they, they got to make a move. Um, and then the Sixers, you know, they they got injuries issues. You know, Max, he's out too, and Harden is out. Like, you know, you got and you know, Embiid can't play all those minutes. Like, they set my man up. You know, that's that trust the process situation. It's coming back to haunt him. Like, it's the basketball. You know, the basketball. And listen, I, you know, that trust the process stuff was that was terrible from the beginning, man. Where you just tank on purpose. That's mm-hmm. that's just crazy. Like. You should be, you know what I'm saying? You should be not allowed to participate in the, in the playoffs for five years or something like that and not get draft picks. That's crazy, man. You know, look where they are. Look at the culture that builds, right? Like that builds a culture that is almost irreparable. That's 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 how you get into a situation where Ben Simmons and Embiid and all those guys have those issues because the culture that was terrible you don't have no respect, no professionalism going on there, no consistency. Like, no, this is just how it's going to go. Like, look at OKC, right? Even with the stars they've lost and all those other things, they've maintained a solid organization. Right. Right, like, period. So even if somebody's coming in and out, they're going to develop into a good pro. Look at SGA right now killing. Right? Like, you guys did all that. Now you finally get two superstars and you don't know what's going on. Right? And well, they don't have the culture there to help build them and help them mature into pros. Yeah, I mean, that and the pros they got are Terrible. aging. Yeah. And then Embiid is dealt, dealt with injuries a lot, you mm-hmm. know, so I mean, but it all comes into play together, you know. All right, and now, you know, they got the play in, so the top 10 is what you look at, right? Because- Top 10 overall or? The top 10 in the East. Okay. Right, and both. And so the Raptors are number seven, Wizards are, are at eight, Knicks are nine. Oh, your boy Brunson was just balling the other yeah, night. Thirty something. Yeah, he's just balling. Um, and then the Nets are at nine eleven. And now I will say this: I did watch a couple Brooklyn games, and Ben Simmons is catching his stride. Now we've I've been watching the people talk. <laughs> listen, I've been watching the people talk crazy about Ben, right? When he was rightfully so because he was thinking it up. Yep. But these last couple of joints I've been watching, and I, I wasn't watching the stats. I was just watching his pace and his activity on the defensive end because that's when you know he's right. getting in there. I, and so I'm saying, okay, 28 and 8, okay. All right, okay, 15, 7, 9, 3 blocks, 2 steals. And I'm like, all right, y'all got to, y'all ain't say, y'all was saying some stuff earlier about, you know, this and that, rightfully so. But he responded, it's like five, six games in a row. Yeah, man, but come on, this, this, he's got to, he's got to have a hell of a season to come back from all that stuff. Yeah. Because man, yeah. come on, man, you can't be making that, you can't be that type of player, and you know, and we we say, oh yeah, man, he had, he had a, you know, he had 10, 10 and man, yeah. I don't care about yeah. that. Yeah, no, for you know sure. If you do that and you propel them to wins all the time, and you're making sure Kyrie and KD got thirty each, then that's different. Yeah. But come on, man, like 
But I'm saying, you got I'm, so I'm much saying, to come back from. I'm, I'm saying, it's getting to that space though. I'm talking about it was 2011, 11, and he's shooting shots like he's being aggressive offensively, and I'm like, okay, now, now they're gonna be something to watch because they starting to pick up, and then T.J. Warren. It's, it's coming back for them. Again, it's still early. Second. We'll see. Yeah, I hope, I hope yeah. that because I would love to see them yeah. uh, make a deep run. Um, and not so much for Ben Simmons, I could care less. Yeah, I want to um, see KD, I, man, and I, Jacques I, Vaughn. I, want, I like to see Jacques Vaughn cause, do well because that's a that's a bad situation. What? <laughs> what, <laughs> man? Situation. But he's and he's due for a, to be good. After the magic in, situation, to be good, uh, put in a good situation because anytime you can coach down there in Orlando, man, man, when what now? Disappointment in the East, Miami. Right now, yeah. they're, they're nine and eleven, yeah. um, which is you know they're they're the same space as the Nets, but the Nets have more upside. You know, obviously Kyrie was out eight games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of things going on, but they're on the up uptick. But the Heat, a, a, a move needs to be made. Between Miami and um, Atlanta, they need to make some moves. They need to make some things happen. That has to happen. And you know the move that Miami need to make is they need to let go of Kyle Lowry. Because <laughs> Kyle don't want to come off the bench, right? You know, he's he going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be all these different type things. And now you're going to push him to the bench. And then you're going to make Tyler Hero a point guard. And he's supposed to, he a score. You got to let him go do his thing. But yeah, gonna, he is definitely not a point guard. Man, he's going <laughs> to force him into that space. And you know Kyle Lowry can't really fit in other spaces. They, they got to make some changes. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Now we go to the West Coast, right? Number one, Phoenix. And they've been playing without Chris Paul. Yeah, right. what, what kind of injury does he have? Oh, his heel. Yeah, his heel. Yeah. All right, take your time, CP. Yeah. Take your time. Let the young bucks cook, right? They're doing their thing. Uh, DeAndre Aiden earning a little bit of his money. He's still soft though. Yeah, uh, Denver Nuggets twelve and seven. Number two, Pelicans eleven and eight. Number three, the Grizzlies eleven and eight. And now this is the big one: the Portland Trailblazers eleven and eight. Right, and then just the other night, um, Anthony Simons put up thirty eight, and then Jeremy Grant forty four. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Don't worry about it. It's just don't worry. <laughs> Trust me. Don't worry about it. Trust me. Right as we speak, right now. Right now, Dame Dollar's in, in the hyperbaric chamber right now trying to recover it. <laughs> but, 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 we got to give Chauncey some credit. I, I'm, no, yeah, I, that's, that's what I do want to do because we did look at that and all of us was like, yo, you should have stayed in the studio at ESPN. Yeah. Right? But he's doing, a good, he's doing a really good job. He's doing a good job. I'm just yeah. saying, when when reality sets in in about 30, yeah. 40 more games, yeah, December, people, people are going to be saying, oh, but he's doing a great job. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing. Job. And we got to give that love to those player coaches. And then the biggest surprise, number six, the best team in California right now, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. But it's another good story. Yeah. <laughs> it's another good. He's like, yeah, it's going to stay like this for a little while. But yeah. Mike Brown is getting something out of them, something yeah. that they haven't had in a long right. time. Right, and it shows some possible consistency, right? And now, my Lake Show, we won five out of the last six, right? <laughs> and we're at seven and eleven right now, and we're just a few games behind um, Minnesota and Golden State and Utah because Utah is coming back down to earth, right? And so I, I said this before, I, and you said it too. I was like, listen, we still have a chance. It's wide open in the NBA. All the way around, right. right? Wide open. So, 
the number one thing for us, which I we've been saying for the last two and a half years, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. I think the other night he had like 38, 21 boards and like five blocks. Come on, son. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's all we asked of you. Be you. Be you. Like that that's it. But this is this is this is what I wanted to come to right here, right? The Golden State Warriors. And before we start this, I'll play this clip here. You know, just you know, um, you know, one of the things I I've even spoke about with the young guys is just the tough spot that they're in. You know, Jonathan Kaminga's a seventh pick. Moses Moody's a 14th pick. James Wiseman is a second pick. Those types of guys usually are on teams that suck and they can do whatever they need to do to improve. That's not their situation. They're expected to contribute at a championship level in year one last year and year two this year. Um, In year one and a quarter for James Wiseman, like you're expected to to contribute at uh, a championship level. The reality is if you go find the rest of the guys around their league, this league that are their age and you try to put them in that situation, all of the guys that we're, we're all like, oh man, that guy's doing great and he's going to be this. The reason we feel like that is because they're on bad teams and they can grow through their mistakes. It's not quite the same for those guys. And so in the long run, it'll be better for them having played championship basketball and adjusting to everything they need to adjust to. But right now you have to grow through those with the, with those growing pains. And it sucks because quite frankly, we haven't won as much. So then everything is your fault and it's all coming down on you. And that's where we can make sure that we continue to do our job to win games so that their growing pains is not uh, so magnified like they have been because they're going to have them and it's just no way around it. Mm, yeah, that's that's. I mean, he just summed it up, man. It's perfect, right now. Now, Chuck said a lot of interesting <laughs> things about Clay Thompson, right? Yeah, and you know, Clay. Did you see Clay's numbers the other night? Mm-hmm. Forty-one piece. Yeah. And, and and what Chuck said wasn't wrong. Yeah, he just he spoke the truth, man. Yeah, it just hurts when it, it when you know somebody personally mm-hmm. and they're in the media and they say these things, but it's. What he said was true. Yeah. And then you know, if and if it makes Clay step it up, yeah. Better for them. And and the, what the crazy thing was is I was watching those games, all Clay was doing was missing shots. Right? And and if you know basketball and seen him shoot and then you understand playing, you know it's a rhythm thing. It's only a matter of time before that thing starts clicking again. And you know, it's a little nerve wracking now. My thing is is that we look at we look at the Warriors and they're ten and ten. And I'll let you jump in on this because you know everybody thinks I'm a Steph hater, right? <laughs> but um, coaching perspective, what do we say about Steve Kerr here? Well, that that was one of the things I was thinking about when I was listening to that soundbite from um, Draymond Green. Is that being that you have the the caliber of players and Steph, Clay, Dre. And then some of those returning guys from championship team. Wiggins, Poole. Like, this should be, I'm not saying it's difficult, uh, but I'm saying, but it should be an easier transition than most other coaches in terms of infusing these talented players that you have that were drafted so early into their culture. Because 
not many people can deal. Not many people have that much talent at their disposal. And when you have the, when you have, uh, you know, three, four guys that are playing at the level that you know we're talking about. Um, you know, Dre. Even though people talk about his score, he's an integral part of that team. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, Clay's coming back. You know, he's catching on fire again. Steph's just been yeah. murdering people. You know, and you know you got uh, what's my man's name? The big big Looney. Looney. You know, he's a solid role player. Very, you know? very, very. Uh, What's the dude that just signed for uh, Wiggins? For not, oh, not Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole and Wiggins. Come on, man! Like mm-hmm. that's enough right there. Mm-hmm. Where you shouldn't be ten and ten. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And and um, is is Kerr a good coach? Yes, he is. He's a hell of a coach. But right now, he's got to earn his money. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they put him on like the top twenty all time coaches list. Yeah. Right. For sure. Right. And so if you do that, you know, it's it's always interesting to see. When the time comes where you have to show and tell, I mean, you got to, this is a challenge to where you have to create a new system to fit the tools that you have, right? Right, Because you're younger now. You're younger. You have, you have like, it's like coming into college and you got a senior class, but then you got a sophomore class who's just as talented. And how do you utilize the tools of both and merge them together? Well, you're not going to, you're not going to change everything just because Steph and Clay are still at a high level. Mm -hmm. These guys have to fit into the system that fits them because they are getting older. But if that's your job, to find those roles for those guys. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, there's enough room for it to be done because the Warriors have done it before. Those yeah. teams they had, you know, 2016, you know, they were talented because they had five guys that were starting, three of them were all-stars. Mm-hmm. And you had multiple former all-stars coming off the bench. And then you're talking about, um, you know, two years later, you bring in KD. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't get any more talented than that. And you found a way to make it work, so you got to find it now. See, this is this is where I watch. Um, you know, we watch development for one, because those guys are rookie. We're rookies, right? They're really, really, really young. But then I watch the adjustment, and when I say um, change, I don't necessarily mean style of play, but now the roles change because you have to play for the future, right? Now you talk about Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Poole, all of them are twenty three and under. Right. On the on the upside going. And so how do you, you know, leverage your future and make sure that you're trying to, you know, well, well let put me, those in the space. Well, let me say this. When you're talking about professional sports, right now is what you're playing for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you if you don't have Steph, you don't have Clay, then you can say, Okay, we gotta make sure, you know, Draymond, hey. Okay, but this is this is this is the this is where we get into the Steph part, right? I think Steph needs those. He needs Wiseman, Kaminga, and Poole to be great. That gives him the Tom Brady leverage of things because you know you know these type of numbers he's been putting up and these losses and things. You know we've been watching Dame do that with far less talent, and everybody's been talking about those numbers are empty numbers because right. <laughs> they don't need to enough wins. Right. I mean, we've been watching that. But, right, stuff. but but let's come on, man. We already he said he's the best player in the world. That's what I'm saying. People say that's what that's what I'm saying. That's, well, what I'm saying. Saying that. that's what the league is saying. That's the best player in the world. Yeah. And but, I'm just saying, you know, we, people talk to me all the time about empty numbers. But, but why does it get under your skin, man? You know that no one's gonna attack stuff. 
I know they, they don't have to attack them. I just want some no, honesty. I ain't seen, I ain't seen attacking, but I'm <laughs> Yo, TJ that. probably gonna watch this and be we'll like, state the facts though. Somebody gonna watch it, like, Yo, TJ gonna watch this and be because, like, because if you look at it and you just say you are on the side of the fence where you're kind of a Steph hater, you'll say, okay, well, if he is the best player or one of the top three best players and he's a point guard, then it's his job to get everybody going mm-hmm. because that's what Chris Paul would do. Right, 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 right. Chris Paul still eats, yeah, but he makes sure everybody else eats and don't shoot us nowhere near as well as so. So you know, so that that's a, a lot of it's on Steph, you okay. know. Are they gonna say that? <laughs> I did. That's 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 yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, man. Yeah, ain't like, nobody gonna say it. Now, look, this is something that um, I didn't have on the docket, but it just popped in my head. I saw. Um, you know how social media is, right? They put two videos up mirroring each other just so you can see the similarity. They do it all the time with Kobe and MJ, yep. right? This one is going to trip you out. James Harden up there, people you know, doing this thing. Right under them is a video of Luca, saying Luca is the right hand of James Harden. I'm talking about James Harden in, in, the, in Houston. And now I'm watching and... Luca is very, very, very ball do- dominant. Yeah, for sure. Very do- ball do- dominant. Um, he's bigger, you know, takes up more space. And so a lot of people talk about how special he is. But there are a lot of similarities to what Houston, Houston um, James Harden was as far as everything was coming through his hands. It was pick and roll, ball up top, do what you want. Yep. A lot of stagnant basketball. And if you remember during that period of time, Kobe was still alive. He had done an interview with T-Mac. And he talked about, look, I had to learn. He said, what he is doing offensively is absolutely incredible. But if you want to win, it's not going to work like that. And right now, you know, they're 9-9, nine and nine, not winning games. And, you know, just because of draft classes. Whenever Trey Young shoots a lot, and the team doesn't win, it's all on him. It's all about Trey Young don't do this, Trey Young don't do that, right? But when Luca, when Luca, when they win, Luca's amazing. When they lose, Luca doesn't have enough talent around him. <laughs> you, you see, you see how that works, right? Like what what do we what is your reflection on that? What do you see going and and do you see the similarities between that? Thinking about it now, that Harden and and Houston and and um, Luca right now and, and Dallas. Yeah, well, of course I do in terms of the way they play and and dominate the ball. But the, Luca was kind of cast into that situation from his first year, though. You know, James Harden. It was kind of like he he and D'Antoni. That's just this the way I want to yeah. play. You know, this and this the way I want to coach. But I mean, Luca. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and and say that um, he doesn't get any blame because people do put a lot on him. Because you know, last couple of times when they bowed out, people say, "Hey, man, you know, what I'm saying you got to make sure you got to you got to play a little more defense, at least attempt to look like you play some defense, and you got to you know, you got to get people involved." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I I do hear that, it's, you know but saying? it's small. Like I just heard Chuck, and, and Chuck is one of those people that be hating on Trey too, and he was just talking about how. We'll know we get to that next. Cause Chuck said John Morant don't do enough to get his teammates better. Well, you, you know the reason why Chuck said this. <laughs> he said the coffee cup. It's because Chuck, <laughs> Chuck money. is one of those guys, old school guys, where he hates when the small dudes be yeah. popping trash and backing it up. Yeah, and you yeah. know, and Trey and John they talk all the time. You yeah, know what and saying? get you to know, it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So he hates that stuff. That's the only reason he, he yeah. hit. 
he admires their games and he respects their He just hates that, yeah. the, the chatter stuff. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Because back in the day, he probably dropped one of them when they come. For to, sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. You know, yeah. yep, yep, that was me. I, I'll take that one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's, that's the only reason. But, uh, you know, with Luca, man, them losing Brunson hurt. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, I he had an interesting perspective perspective on Brunson off air that we had talked about it a few times, right? You said Brunson shouldn't have took that money in New York. You yeah. said he should have stayed in. in Cause, yeah, because he had a thirty ball the night. They still lost. Like New York, that's I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put it in perspective on on, on that though, because well, what I, I'm saying is that so, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but. From what Mark Cuban was saying, that you know we didn't even get a chance to to match, you know what I'm saying to to give another offer when they offered um, Brunson that 52 or whatever, that was before the season. season. Yeah, he bet on himself. And so he bet on himself. Said, you know, I'm gonna play this out, and he was a big part of why they went so deep. You yeah. know what I'm saying because he doesn't need to be ball dominant, mm-hmm. you know, to get buckets, and so and he can distribute. And, and so and he defends. Yeah, you know, it's high IQ. So he fits in with those other role players at Dallas, except he's a you know a tier above them. But I'm saying if if New York is offering me 105, whatever it is, and Dallas and Cuban says, "Yo, we give you 90," I'm staying just because I know this is a formula that works, and I know my spot. I ain't going to New York because, like, listen, Tibbs is there. Tibbs running into the ground. He's still trying to figure out a rotation, and while he's doing that, he's he's playing cast like this is high school. Yeah, he running into the ground. Cast came, you know, cast after two or three games. Then ICU, you know, and then you're talking about just the Knicks organization. Mm-hmm. As a, man, I'm not going there. But you, and then you talk about being attached to a star like Luca, like like that's your counterpart. Like that's that's who you play with. So no matter what happens, you gonna make ninety mil, going being this second, maybe third focus, and you are gonna be able to work out. You are gonna be in the space. You know, with a guy like Luca, he gonna go up to the front office and demand to put more winning pieces around him. And and Mark Cuban is a, a, a he's a player's owner, right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> you gonna say you want to be around there, but but in my mind too, I'm thinking. She has a hundred M's. Hey, I'm just saying. That's I, that's the other I, part of saying, it. I got to at least see what they say. Yeah. If they say anything, if they say anything south of 85, right? Oh, I'm New York bound, baby. Yeah. But I'm but I'm sitting there like if I'm anywhere close in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the ballpark, especially with taxes. Taxes, no, they for tax them. Yeah. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? And I I just couldn't play for New York. I just that that owner Dolan, I couldn't play for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But speaking of playing, Dwight Howard and 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 book, but now Boogie has just got announced that Boogie is going to Taiwan to play too. What? Yeah, so he's going to play in that same league. So then they got a bag that they throwing out over there for sure. Yeah, I hope I hope that is enough for Boogie to get into back into the league. I don't know about Dwight because um, actually Bob Myers was on the, all the smoke and he said that he was talking to Boogie and Boogie was like, "Yo, why am I not in the NBA?" And he was like, "Look, they're afraid of you." He's like, "Just honestly speaking, like." You can't just be as good as everybody else. You got to be, you got to be nicer. We got to be happier. You got to be better. This you got to be all this stuff because they're afraid, right? Because he just played with the Nuggets and was doing work. He was just doing work. So I think the Nets are going to end up picking him up because they don't have any paint presence. 
You know what I'm saying? But this would be good. But Dwight and Boogie are in Taiwan. Dwight had his debut, you know, put up 10 trade balls. He shot 10 trade balls. Um, he only made like two or three. Wow. <laughs> but he's 38 and 16. Now, Shaq, I don't I don't think did you see Shaq's comments? Yeah. Shaq, my man Shaq said uh he playing in a lifetime fitness league. <laughs> and and Dwight responded. Did you see his response? Yeah. yeah. yeah I just yeah. Why Shaq, why Shaq doing that to him, man? I know, I know. But <laughs> but Shaq has also said he wants him to do well. He just wants him to be better. You know what I'm saying? And and he could still be in the league, man. Yeah, they ain't messing with Dwight. But he just play around too much, yo. Yeah, you know yeah. Did like, you see him out there in Taiwan? Yeah, clowning. <laughs> Shaq and the fool, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and what's crazy is that It'll get to the point if he keeps doing crazy stuff, right? People will be like, "Nah, we can't, we can't give a bag to an ex All Star because he can come over here and just not take the league seriously." You know what I'm saying? Like he's over there playing around shooting threes. Boogie gonna go over there just getting buckets. And you know, he almost they almost they was getting smacked the first couple quarters of that joint too. I'm looking at the scores like, yeah, if he popping off, Dwight, what you doing? Yo? Like y'all crazy. Boogie gonna go over there and do work. We we'll do work. Yeah, and then get out of there quick. Right, and so I think I think I saw something where Quinn Cook might be on his way out there I, too. I I like it because I've I've always been an advocate for the guys who are in the NBA. Stop sitting around at the crib waiting for a call. Yeah, yeah, go play. Yeah, because I mean, you said that about Joe Johnson too, right? Yeah, man, because yeah. Joe Joe still got a lot of game, but the phone's probably not going to ring. Yeah. You know what I'm you just sitting at the crib. Yeah, go, go on ahead. vacation. Yeah, go like you said, go on vacation. <laughs> Cuz you get treated like royalty. It's a, you know, most places are super nice to live. Go play, man. See something different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then if they if you going to get a call, you're going to get a call. Right. Right. And but you you can still play, get it done. Now, that's that's um I think I do like the fact that Dwight stood up for his teammates in the league and was like, "Look, you can joke with me, but these are professionals. They yep. do work hard at their craft, and this is a serious game. And so, I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch too. Um, you know, because they it's it's a couple of things that came out and said that's going to be good. So I'm going to be watching that because you know Shaq, <laughs> gonna be you know Shaq going to come back with something else. But but going into our last topic for today, um, it's it's kind of a broad statement. Like, where is the game going? Um, you know, I, I sent you something on Twitter. <laughs> this is this is this is going to be really broad, but I sent you something on Twitter. Um, it was an ESPN update, and the Indiana women's basketball coach expressed some disappointment after her number six ranked squad and other teams played in a hotel ballroom that had no stands for spectators at the Las Vegas Invitational. Now. I'll try to get these pictures up in the show, but they really played in a ballroom in Las Vegas. This is the, this is Big Ten, right? SEC, SEC. Like this is this is this is high level basketball. All the jokes people might make about the WNBA or whatever, but when it comes to college sports, it's a different bag available at all levels when it comes to basketball and football. So for them to be playing in a ballroom, listen, when you first said ballroom right and i was thinking about you know um the connecticut huskies you know ladies team 
they've played in it's called the uh, Mohegan Sun or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a, like a casino, but they they make it into like a, an arena, a small okay. arena. And um, but it's a it's a nice venue where they have like their um, the Connecticut Sun would play there sometimes. So it's it's something that you could play and have fans, and it's a great atmosphere. But to be in a ballroom in Vegas and not have fans, that's crazy. Like I honestly, I'm calling I'm calling my AD. I'm not we ain't playing. I'm not gonna disrespect my team. My, I'm not doing that. We're not playing there. A ballroom. Right, and we ain't doing it. That just to think, like, like man, because you you work so hard, like you being able to play college sports, and then you're at the pinnacle of college sports. If you in one of the blue blood schools, like Indiana, right? If you one of them top, like that's a rich tradition, right? And you work hard to get there, and then as a coach, you know those hours recruiting, like what you're telling these kids, this experience that you're selling them, and they go out on this trip. After you didn't have them, you know, five a.m. workout, this and that, and they go here, and their hard work is was that that's that's crazy. And now, you know, we talk about entitlement and all this stuff here, but when it comes to sports, right? We're seeing sports in everything. We see sports in in politics, right. internationally, and in, in domestic, right? Like, what? Where do we see the game evolving at in terms of, of ethics and off the court um, understanding? Because um, now I think that you know there's no there's no line between being a trainer and coach. It's one and the same. If you're good at what you do and you really understand, and you have to grow into it, right? Because you can't just you can't just train without understanding the concepts of somebody's system like coaching being in certain places if you want to be a good one right if you want to be a, yeah if you want to if you want to be, be a good one we're speaking to those that aspire to be good you got to be a trainer and a coach they got to be one and the same right as the things evolve because players have evolved so they have to evolve and so that also means we have to evolve in how we prepare our young men and women for things off the court right because it's inevitable Right, like you, we got you have conversations all the time between you know you seventeen, eighteen. Imagine having Kyrie Irving on your team as a high school kid. <laughs> Maybe he was inquisitive at that time, but who he's gonna talk to? And now it may be like, yo, you really here? So where does the game go off the court for us as coaches and trainers when it's talking about getting them prepared for everything? Well, it it really hasn't changed from what it was thirty years ago in terms of how people should act off the court. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's just being a model citizen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And if you're a, if you're a um, college athlete, um, even a top high school athlete, um, you, even on a CYO team, there's mm-hmm. just certain ways, there's certain things you should do to represent yourself, your family, your coach, your, your team off the court, no matter what you do. And, and that those, those aspects of life are not being taught because mm-hmm. Everybody's so concerned with what's their next job in terms of coaching or training. Mm. And they don't want to offend anybody. And the thing is, knowing kids, knowing players, if you tell them the truth, it may not be what they want to hear. And if you lose them, you're going to lose them anyway. Mm. Say that, yeah, say that again into the mic. So you got to hear that loud and clear. If you tell somebody, a mm. player, what they don't want to hear at that time, but it's the truth. 
and you lose them, you were going to lose them anyway further down the line. Yeah. So you might as well be honest in the beginning and know who you're dealing with and work with what you got. Yeah. And so the thing is, people now are so concerned with, oh man, I don't want to ruin my reputation because mm -hmm. this, you know, we lost this great player. Well, that might not be the player for you anyway, mm. because there's there's great players that leave great programs all the time. Yeah. We're looking at we're looking at a um, an era of basketball or football, any sport actually, where a guy can be an all conference player and transfer the next year. Yeah. And you're wondering like, why are you transferring? Mm -hmm. you, you just averaged 18 and 10. Now you're gonna transfer, you know, so you so you might as well be who you are and and try to coach them the best way possible and always reemphasize that, you know be a model citizen to represent us off the court mm -hmm. because it's going to help them in the long run and it could potentially save their career. Yeah. You know, because right, right now the problem, the, all the guys that are having issues off the court, just because they didn't hear certain things at a younger age. Yeah. And you know, when I, um, you know what a kid asked me today, he asked me driving a kid home, one of our new kids that came from some other academies um, you know, he was telling me some things and then he was like, yo, coach, why are y'all in Dubai? <laughs> he said, like, like what what made you guys come to Dubai? Yeah. Right. And we I have I had a parent, a new parent that came to us and she was like, yeah, who 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 do you guys work for? Like, you know what I'm saying? Who she asked, I'm like, what what type of that? Like, right, what do you right. mean? Like, she said, Who you guys is boss? Like, you guys just come here, that's all you do. And I was like, like, nah. And I think one of the important Important things, and I think it's something that I'm unconsciously trying to do, is make sure I push some success in avenues outside of basketball. Right, that's why the podcast is important. You know, the thing that I'm working on right now. Yeah. I want to, I want to make sure, like God willing, that those things prosper, so that people can see the the multiple layers that we have and how basketball was kind of a foundation for that right. and how we can offer different levels of guidance because of that, right? right? Like you've you got those years of experience on me already, right? But as you said, I got to create my new path to that so I can speak from my own experience. And when I look at how inevitable it's going to be to where a kid is going to come into your class one day and ask you about something they saw in the news because they trust us, right? Right. You know, it's I mean, safe space. We've, we've, I've had it. I've had one of our players ask us, like, "Yo, coach, what does it mean to be anti-Semitic?" Right. Right. Like, what's going on? Like, why are they doing this that way? Like, why is this that way? And as an adult, it's really kind of irresponsible for you to kind of like completely deflect it and not be either you don't know the answer. You can say, "Hey, I can push you somewhere that somebody does know." Right. Or at least try to educate within that, because now we're just leaving the door open for anybody right. to give an opinion. And, you know, now the kid came to you, which we don't get enough of. Right. So they come to you, you know, try to make that effort to like do go reach out because as an adult anyway, you need to be spending some time understanding what's going on so you can prepare for how the world is going. You know? Yeah. You. <laughs> Like we we talk about it all the time, man. It's not just what happens on the court with your, your players, man. You gotta you gotta have some type of foundation of what they do off the court, mm -hmm. you know. And it's just it all it all comes back and it's intertwined in how your team is gonna function, man. Because there's gonna be moments where 
man, this kid is off tonight. And you wonder why. Well, you happen to know there might be a situation at home that's bothering this kid. Yeah. And if you're if you're with that kid multiple times during the week and that kid is passionate about basketball because we you know we are running a mm -hmm. basketball company, you could be one of the few people that could reach that kid. Man. You know, and if you if you sit there and you you're closed lipped, you don't say anything, and something happens, it's on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they are children. <laughs> yeah. You had an opportunity to help. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so that's that's something that like, you know, it's responsibility, right? Unspoken one. And we always talk about basketball got un unspoken rules. Yep. They're unspoken rules. Like there's certain things, yo, don't leave the basketball on the side underneath the basket. We know everybody playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, certain things that we just all know not to do. And like it's the same thing. Yeah, we know no, we need to we need to say a few things now and then you need to post something. No, we we gotta Seriously. you know, I, I I was just thinking we gotta have an episode dedicated to the old school because as much trash as I talk about Charles about Chuck, it was a bad dude. Oh, I don't, I don't think people really understand the round mouth. I don't think like <laughs> we're gonna have to give an episode to Chuck because Chuck was a bad dude. Yeah, but, I, but we do need to do. I'm just and break about, down the etiquette too. Yeah, I'm just saying like I see other coaches here. Oh my goodness, coming to a gym and start hmm. a game and there's basketballs laying everywhere. Yeah, what I see other coaches allowing kids to sit on basketball yeah. you know i know everybody sees the little the the pictures, pictures and of the little kids sitting. that's okay if you weigh 50 pounds yeah but yeah. you know what i'm saying you're 12 13 years old you should not be sitting on a basketball because you're, you're gonna ruin it i mean even on the court like when somebody's airborne don't push them in the back yeah, right you know what i'm saying those those things that like yo you're, you're supposed to learn that early yeah. just learn that early little but, things man but all of that comes into understanding and respect of things, right? And so as coaches, we st I'm starting to see that how important it is to make sure you are an informed adult yeah. <laughs> because those moments are going to come. And then you also got to understand, you know, it's kind of like dealing with media. You got to be real careful what you say because yeah. everybody comes from a completely different background. Right. And so you don't want to be the one to trigger something that might, you know, create some type of issue within the house too. So, you know, that goes there. But these are the two things that I wanted to, um, I heard somebody talking about, right? Was developing an edge. And then why is winning not being taught to kids? And I heard somebody say, why is winning not being taught? And then I'm thinking about it. And then they gave examples like a kid will lose by, I've seen people lose by 30 and 40. And they didn't get, an MVP or they didn't get an award, even though, even though, matter of fact, this is a prime example. Over to that WSG, that World School Games, there was a kid who was really, who was really good on a bad team. Yep, he scored a lot of points. He did well, and I was like, you know, you're not deserving of MVP, but you are a tournament. You are a standout. That, yep. But the kid was like, hey, I did so much. I should have been MVP. I said, did you win? Yeah. And it's a couple people like, did you win? Like, what did you contribute to win? He's like, why did that guy get it? Like, what did you contribute to win it? Right. And then I'm listening to all smoking the guys talking about somebody lose by 15, but they say, hey, did you see my step back? <laughs> and I'm sitting, and now, now I'm sitting there letting it run back, letting it think. And it was like, yeah. Yeah. We people aren't being taught how to win. I don't know. Like, how do how do we get back to prioritizing those winning habits? And I mean, we we're doing it <laughs> in our space, but you know, it's in totality. Hey, man, it's it's the the culture of what can you do for me? 
Hmm. And that's just that's just where we are, man. You think hmm. about, you know, of you know, we talked about the whole college situation with with guys transferring a lot, right? And a lot of it's got to do with um, you know, the NIL situation. Oh yeah. And and I've always said if your likeness is being sold in college, yes, you should profit from that. You know, but some of the other stuff, you know, we've gone a little too far and you know, it's caused a selfish mentality. And so you think about some programs that have four and five star recruits um, that aren't winning, it's because, hey, how can you build a team culture yeah. where everybody's out for self? Man. That's that's hard, man. You know, and so that's where we are. So, you know, you talk about how can we teach winning? It starts from the grassroots. You know, everybody doesn't win a trophy. You know? That's real, man. Everybody does not win a trophy for participating. You know, and um, just if you happen to be slightly better than a couple other people on another team, that doesn't mean you're MVP. It doesn't mean you're on all tournament team. It just means you had a, a decent day. You know, you know, you know, you know, King. I'm I'm finding it hard sometimes to be politi- politically correct with parents that come and try to coerce you into giving their kids something to make them feel better. <laughs> Right. Or or like if they feel like their kid should be at a certain level because their kid is telling them that and we're like, nah, like it's not where it is. And then just just watching, I'm sitting here thinking like, like, why do you think the world works that way? Right. Well, you have to, you know, of course, over time, you'll eventually learn to let it go. And what I mean by let it go is you just state the facts as to why that kid is in a certain level or why he didn't win a certain award. And then you the next thing is, hey, if they still don't get it, well, you're free to go somewhere else. Yeah. And you leave it alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. because if they'll they'll figure it out sooner or later that, mm, yeah, he was in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. Those 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 winning habits. I remember Coach Thomas telling us this. She said, he said, if you're a winner now, you can you'll be a winner forever. Yeah. If I if you learn how to win today here, you'll be a winner forever. And I swear, even when I look back at my teammates from the state championship team, like, you know, I look at Josh, I look at Trav, I look at Wimbush, I look at G, um, and then I can go down the list. Like, everybody, when I look back, you know, they win, and I look at Blue, like, everybody, same type of morals, everybody still pushing, everybody figuring it out. They're good citizens. Man. That's what I'm saying. And, they, and they're good at what they do in their respective fields. Like, they're taking care of family. All of them that I see to have kids taking care of it, like I'm sitting here watching. It's like, man, those sacrifices. Yeah. I, I'm starting to say that more to our kids and our our young bucks. It's like you really got to sacrifice some things. Yeah. You got to sacrifice some things because it's just it's just not gonna happen this way. If if everybody could get it by doing it their way, then it wouldn't feel as good. Right. Right. You gotta sacrifice something to get some winning stuff. So um we'll 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 start we'll keep breaking that up. Um you know, this is the end of the pie. You guys know how we wrap it up, a post game wrap up. Um before we get the post game wrap up, I wanna remind you guys who mountain Dubai, get us on YouTube. Episode two of our vlog is about to drop. Um we had a special Hoop Mountain Family barbecue video that's going to drop right after that. That's lit. That's dope. Um, Hoop Mountain Family, moms and dads, we got some su- surprises for you guys at the shoot. 
excuse me, at the shootout. You know, something we've been working. We got some heat about to drop for you guys. So be be prepared. Be yeah. ready. Don't forget about camp coming up. Oh, yeah. We'll have one more episode before camp. Oh. I'm going to get camp a special right. breakdown. I might have some old clips from California ball. <laughs> I might have some old clips. I might from the very first one yeah. when nobody had hoop mountain gear. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah outside. 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 But we hooping now though. Yeah, yeah. It's getting dope. So um OG, what we got for the post game wrap up? I think I gotta find something today. Oh man, just something uh short and sweet. You know, <clears throat> you know, this goes for our like our hoop star players right here that have, they were on our teams this past Friday. Um, some of them were successful in terms of how their team performed. Some were not. And, you know, for the ones that, you know, happened to, to win their games, you know, you know, kudos mm -hmm. to you. But mm -hmm. you know, there's still work to be done. Mm -hmm. we're, we're so far off from where we need to be. But the effort is there. Um, for the teams that didn't do so well, you know, that, let's be honest, you know, got smacked around. Mm -hmm. You cannot get... Um, you know, you cannot get upset about that just because you got to understand where we're starting from. You know, we have a team consisting of players who have just started to play the game, you know, and you're matched up against people who have played for multiple years together. So they have a clear cut advantage over us. But if we keep working hard and we stick together and we believe we'll close that gap. And that's all that matters. You're not here to win a trophy. You're here to get better at the game of basketball and enjoy it. So, you know, the other things will come, but you just have to stay the course, stay the course. Man, and, and then that's real. And just to add to what Coach is saying, man, we don't expect you to know everything. All right, we get so many kids that come to us and be like, Coach, it's my first time. I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't do this and this. That's like, yo, we know it's going to be a struggle for you. <laughs> we know it's not going to be easy. We just want you to know that we got you. Just trust us. Just do what we ask. That's it. That's it. Um, I, to add on to that, to, to kind of evolve from that space, I want to reiterate something we've talked about. I think we might have worded it a little different, but um, we are what we attract. You know, I've been seeing that popped up a lot lately. Um, and we've had, we are at the age where we deal with teenagers a lot. And so a lot of times they can be negative, right? They can be having really negative um, attitudes toward things just because they feel like the world is, is against them, right? But, um, you know, we are what we attract in a lot of ways. And so if you're, you're in a space to where you feel like a lot of, um, you know, toxic, you know, that's a popular word. People are coming into your space and you're feeling like, man, um, right now I don't have around me what I think I need. Let's start to look internally first, right? Because everything always starts within and you physically can make changes to whatever your surroundings are, right? Your surroundings, your outlook on things, you can literally make those changes on that. And man, what a difference that can take, right? That's the huge difference. It only takes a little bit of time. You know, you don't have to go find it in a book or on YouTube or whatever. You can sit and be like, you know what? Today, I'm just not going to accept that. You know, I'm going to give myself a chance and change that up. So, you know, you are what you attract, you know, and start to, you know, change that mindset. So, HMD, you know what it is, or to find us, hoopmountain.ae, hoopmountain.dxb on all social media platforms, BTG Nation, follow us. Let's get it going. Let's keep growing. You know, we're almost at 800 followers. 
Um, we we didn't push the button this time, right? Oh, we loaded. We all good. You know, everything's good. Red buttons on everywhere. Um, we might have some surprises coming up soon too. So, BTG, you know what it is. Keep it real. Keep it simple. Keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk, gotta tune in. You already know, G. This BTG Nation, and you one of the homies. Just tune in. You already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.